All right, folks, welcome to Nothing is OB Golf Podcast, episode number 37. Now, for today, I have a super special guest, but we'll get to her in a little bit. Now, thank you for sponsoring my show, episode 37, For Life, Together Building People. Make sure you hit up my good buddy. He's an independent distributor, Rudy Mendez. You can reach him at www.forlife.com backslash Rudy Mendez. Educate your immune system to recognize, respond to, and remember threats in the body. Now make sure you hit up Rudy. He's a real good people. He's real good people. He will take real good care of you. For life, together, building people. Thank you for sponsoring the show. All right. Now today, like I stated, I have a super special guest. I'm really excited, and I hope I don't come off like a giddy schoolgirl because I am super, super uh, pumped up to be a roadrunner, and I'm super proud of. Um, my, I'm super proud. I'm super proud. I see if I can do it. There you go. Super proud of my college. Today, I talk with three-time San Antonio women's amateur champion, current sophomore. She is born and raised here in San Antonio, proud graduate of Incarnate Word High School. Praise be, Incarnate, praise be the Incarnate Word. Cameron Garion. She finished runner-up, which was her best finish in collegiate golf tournament. She helped guide UTSA to the Mary B. Koth Invitational Championship. She is the proud daughter of Marco and Julia Garion. I hope you enjoy my interview with Cameron. How are you doing this morning, Cameron? I'm good. How are you? Um, like I said, I'm 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 super excited uh, just because uh, UTSA. If you can see right here, I got a couple of rowdies back here behind me. I do uh, see that. And uh, I'm super super excited. Uh, I was very nervous just because I seen you play when you were in middle school. Uh, you know, like I said, I saw you play your your last tournament. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know your dad very well, but I'd like to know. I think I know of you and I know the type of person you are. And uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. That's awesome. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks so much. Uh, I wanted to start off just by telling me just a little bit about your uh, just about your family life. I know uh, you have a brother and I was looking at uh he played collegiate ball as well? Yes, uh, uh, collegiate baseball. He played in Shriner. I mean, at Shriner in Kerrville. Um, just a couple, it's like an hour north of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Kerrville is a small is a small town, right up, pretty much right up north, uh, right up I-10. Now, yes. is he going to be a doctor or is he, is he a doctor or? Yes, he's, his, he's in his third year of medical school. So it's getting pretty close. He's really excited. And it's something he's always wanted to do, so. I'm just so excited to see it unfold. And me and my mom always, or me and my mom and my dad always look at each other. And we're just like, right, my brother's going to be a doctor. And they're like, my son's going to be a doctor. Can, we, can you believe we, we created that? <laughs> I was like, what's up with me? What am I doing? <laughs> hey, you're not, you're not too shabby though, right? Come on, no, you're not too shabby. <laughs> we just give him a hard time, but he's awesome. I can't wait for to see how his whole life unfolds. Now, Hopefully I set the stage for everybody because I had a lot of people comments on Facebook and on Instagram, social media. They're like, uh, well, where's she from? I'm like, uh, San Antonio? Where'd you go to high school? Okay, in Carnival Ward High School. And so I got a lot of people that are curious. So maybe why don't you tell some of our viewers, uh, some of our listeners, something that they may not know about you or that we don't know already because I've already stated that uh, you're obviously, you're a collegiate golfer for UTSA. Uh, you shot a you you helped your team reach an invitational championship, and uh for here I'll give them something that, that a couple of things they don't know is that you're a two time state champion in high school if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right? <laughs> and um, so why don't you tell the listeners uh, or and our viewers something that we might not know about you? Um, I would start with here at home. Me and my family are really close. Me and my dad and my mom, we it's us in the house, of course. And then it's just my brother and his wife. But all of us together, we're a very close-knit family. And I would say that we're we're just – we share everything with each other. So I think a lot of people don't know how close we are because I'm always off golfing or I'm always off with my friends also when COVID is in a – pre-COVID, of course. And But um, other than that, I would say that we're just – a really close family and a lot of people don't get that inside. They usually just see Cameron. <laughs> they see the well they see Cam, right? What is it? What, what's yeah. your Instagram handle? Cam.gadion. But <laughs> I people call me Cam because it's just like, oh I guess you you think that you're that close to me that like I'm approachable that you can call me Cam. So well that's one thing I would totally say because 
because uh, you dated one of my former student athletes, and so uh, and, and so as, 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 as so we we're as uh, you know, I, I like I kind of like to to think that I kind of saw you uh, grow up. You know, as I see a lot of my former students and a lot of a lot of a lot of student athletes that I see uh, in the Catholic school system. You know, as I see, I'll go from middle school and to high school. And so I like to think I, I saw some of your progression along with obviously a good amount of the students that I coach coach against and that I coach, that I had coached. And so I did, you know, like when I talked to you yesterday, we were like, we knew each other and you, you know, we had kind of been in the same circles. And so that's why I was like really excited because I said, you know what, I actually know this person. And so um, that's why I was pretty excited. So tell me, uh, I, I, I've met your dad before, and I've I've played a, a few holes with him. We did, we weren't able to get a full round in just because of, just because of the sunlight. Uh, are you a daddy's girl? Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. When I think out of everyone, me and my mom are pretty close, but me and my dad are really close. Well, we can. I mean, we're very into the same topics, and we have just had the same mind. So if I'm trying, whether that's from just the same videos we like on TikTok and we send each other the same videos or just like to the golf course. And we just think the same exact way. We have the same wording for things too. Like we're like, Oh, that's what you mean. Yes. The, it's just, it's weird, but we we're very close. Well, well y'all have, y'all have, I'd say y'all have pretty much a lot of the same like uh, attitude because uh, when I did, I bumped into him uh, at, at your the last tournament at there at San Antonio Country Club where the Mary B. Coth Invitational was held at, and I just bumped into him, uh, him and my daughter on our way out, mm-hmm. and uh, super inviting, super nice guy. It took him a while to remember me, but he did remember me, and uh, it just uh, it was just his attitude. It's, you could tell he you know he had that really good uh, positive vibes that he gave off, and he was very appreciative that somebody would come out there to go see to go see his child and go see her team play. And uh, he did. It took him a while to remember me. And I and I asked him when you were in eighth grade, I think I asked him when you were in eighth grade. I said, so. So how did this happen? I said, so how does she get so good? And I don't know. If, I don't know if he's going to like this, but he said, oh, I just take her to the course, throw her out there with the instructor. I go inside, have a beer. <laughs> he's, and he's not giving himself enough credit. That's what that is, because he, um, he I mean. He does like to relax out there. He'll grab a beer. He'll have his cigar. That's when you know he's feeling good. <laughs> Tournament. He has, he has his cigar, and um, um, yeah, he doesn't give himself enough credit because he's the one that's there. Like he's an equal golf instructor to me. So he, he's. Oh my god, that's funny that he said that because if he, usually he'll be relaxing there, but he'll stay in some like for the most part and um and just like watch as well and he's there with me and we're all creating ideas in certain ways to, for me to understand something in the swing or all of us together so is he a lefty as well no he's a righty okay yeah i think that's one thing i remember i said i said there, i either made made a comment something because he because you're lefty and he's and he wasn't or something of that nature and uh I saw one of your posts where you said uh, bombs like lefty or like Phil Mickelson or something like that. And I'm like, that's right. I said, man, you know what? Yeah, I guess y'all lefties got to kind of stick together, right? I love, I, that's actually funny that you said, I was thinking about that. Me and my dad also, we always come up with these scenarios like, who would you want to have dinner with or play a round of golf with? And Phil Mickelson is always my answer because we're lefties. So, <laughs> uh, oh, of course, right? <laughs> All right, so why don't you tell me, how did you get into this game of golf? So, oh, I love telling this story. We live near a Republic Golf Course here in San Antonio. It actually just closed down a couple months ago, but we live near here, and we drive past it all the time. And um, I think when I was in about fifth or sixth grade, maybe like fifth grade, my mom was like, I want to learn how to play golf. So We live right here. We should go and play golf. And my dad was like, okay, well, I'll learn, and then I'll teach y'all. So <laughs> I'll learn and I'll teach you. I like that. That's a good one. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that one. Yeah, you should. And so he did. I mean, he would go out there. He figured it out. Like he could hit the ball pretty well. And now he doesn't play as much, but um, because it's more, it, it like grew out of him playing golf with the buddies. And he still does every now and then. But it's more like about me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he learned. He taught us. And then my mom played. She really liked it. And then I got like a lot better than her really fast. So then she just, I'm done. 
<laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> she gave up and she just liked watching me. So it's us three that really play. And my brother played baseball for a long time. So he's barely now getting interested. He's like, Kim, uh, let's go learn. Let's go hit some balls. So my dad's thinking of getting him a set. And he needs to. He's going to be a doctor. That's true. He, ne he needs to make those connections. And plus, I mean, uh, with all that money he's going to have, he's got to be able to spend it somewhere, right? <laughs> then he's going to lose it on the golf course. <laughs> that's, oh, that's true. That's true. All right. Now, now tell me, um, what? Uh, why UTSA? I want to know that. Why UTSA? So going into high school, I, uh, I knew I wanted to play college golf, and I was open to anything. I was just – I want to play Division One golf. And I – Honestly, I never thought UTSA until I, like, uh, was playing in tournaments and I would see uh, a recruiter with the UTSA hat on. And I was like, oh, like, okay, I guess that's an option, you know? And so I was really young, actually. And so I, um, I, I, I don't know. It was just so weird. And, and then at the very end, I think I committed my, my junior year. Yeah, but I took a, an unofficial visit my sophomore year. And I fell in love once I took the unofficial visit. And then from there on out, I was still looking around. But even my now coach told me, you know, look around. I know this is your first school, but I'm just so confident that you're going to want to come back here. And she was right because I just want as soon as I opened my eye to UTSA, I live in San Antonio. I've never been on campus since my first unofficial visit that I just fell in love with it. I was like, wow, this is like a home away from home and I could have both I, I could have both i could have the freedom of being you know 40 minutes away from my house but also i can go home whenever i want to because i'm so close to my family to begin with so i have a picture right here of you signing your letter of intent with your family oh i love uh, the picture it's I, I think i said you know what i want to make sure because i know i i seen you at your tournaments i see that your family's there man you had a boatload of people here following you at San Antonio Country Club. And I, I know how important your family is to you. And I said, I wanted to put this picture up because I said, I want to know what was going through your mind at this exact moment right here. Well, I was just so happy to have all of my close friends and family because I know that like seniors this year didn't get that because everything was online. Like they were signing on Zoom and stuff. And so I think I even now I have a greater appreciation, but in that moment, I was just really happy I could have all my loved ones around me. I had my whole family there and my friends too. My best friends in high school were there as well. So I was just so happy that, that I was going to stay in my family circle because I was going to be in town still. Who else, what other schools recruited you? Um, Texas state. I have, I have a list in my phone. Too. <laughs> uh, and I was going to ask, I was going to ask too, do you, do you think maybe uh, it helped having, I guess what well, her name was a uh, Sahara Washington, right? Is that, is that her name? Uh, yes. Oh, I just had lunch with her the other day. Yes. It's Sahara. Is, is she, she's still playing in Hawaii. Yes. Did you think having her on your team and maybe seeing the type of golfer she was and maybe the exposure that she gained being, I think she's what, she's a year or two older than you. Two years older than me. Okay. And so do you think that was something that maybe helped you along the way to maybe see that uh, that's the route you wanted to go? 100%. When I went into high school or going in my like eighth grade, when you saw me play mm -hmm. in middle school, I was really excited to go and play for Incarnate Word High School because I knew that there was going to be a good player there, multiple players, good players there. But um, I was really excited to play with Sahara, and that's what introduced me to Brian Gathright, my swing coach. Um, because she had him at the time as well. And so we actually, once I got there, we clicked because we were both so like interested and we wanted to go further in golf. And not that to say that no one else did, but we just had this different type of love for the game. Like it wasn't a job to go there after practice. It, I mean, after school, it was like we wanted to both be there. So we both really enjoyed the company of someone else wanting the same thing. The, I, I remember see, seeing her play uh, when she was at Providence and then seeing you play when you're at Holy Name. And I was just like, shoot, like, I'd hate to be a, a boy golfer right now in this league. I said, man, y'all are y'all are freaking killing it. And it's nice to see y'all. It's nice to see y'all do well at the collegiate level. And I can say, I said, hey, hey, she whooped my boys' asses, you know, those <laughs> girls, you know. So I said, it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with them, you know, with those girls. It was like, they were studs. But it's actually a really funny uh, thing that you bring up. I, we always talk about how 
and my first tournaments were like the nine hole middle school tournaments that you're referring to. And um, that's actually some, it was like an eye opener to me that girls weren't really involved in the game or really weren't looked up upon until they saw like girls like me and Sahara. And of course other girls that played with us as well. But uh, I remember one of my first tournaments it was a shotgun, of course, after school. And um, I went to my tee box and the boys didn't want to play with me. So I had a threesome or foursome and I was the only one at the tee box. And I was looking around, I looked at my dad. He probably already had a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and he um, he was like, Where are your, where's your group? And I was like, they went to other holes, I guess. And so that's how I met one of my closest friends, Nick Garza. He was on the next hole. He went to Antonian High School. And he was like, well, I'll play with you. And then he grabbed his other friend. I think he, the other friend went to Central. And he was like, I'll play with you too. So it really made me feel welcomed. But I remember boys didn't want to play with me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you were super intimidating. You were super intimidating. You were like, uh, because you see how, how relaxed everybody is out there. They're, their shirts tucked out, whatever. There's some, a good majority of them are still wearing their like school bottoms or pants or, or either shorts or whatever. You know, you're, you're very intimidating. So I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you that much. That's yeah. Crazy. I think yeah. I was more, I was more nervous at the time. So I think maybe that's what masked it. I just was just like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I was like, man, this chick is intense. I was like. <laughs> And then I thought, and like I said, and like I stated, I didn't want to speak to your dad because I said, man, she's probably is that's where she probably gets her intensity from. And he was like, hey, man, what's up? You know, like super cool. And I was just, oh, okay. You know, hey, awesome. good, dude. good dude. All right. Now tell me a little bit about your coaches. Uh, I got I got the the chance to interview Summer last year. And uh, I recently spoke with uh, Brian the other day on the phone. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your coaches and if you have any other coaches that are involved uh, in your training or in your game right now? Um, so my number one coach is, of course, my dad. <laughs> hey, hey, you're good. Good daughter. You're a good daughter right there. <laughs> and then my swing coach is Brian. We, like I said, we met through Sahara, um, Washington, and we we started when I was, I want to say I was going to be. I was 14. I was going to be 15. I think I had a lesson on my 15th birthday. And um, that was when he was coaching at Oak Hills. That's where he was giving his lessons. And um, I think I've seen him like every other week since then. Um, I've tried to be on a, like a tight schedule. But but I, I want to say, I've, oh my gosh, we click really well. Especially him, like me, him and my dad all together. Where we just have this like, this big like brainstorm. If I'm trying to figure something out. And it always is perfect. Um, then we have my two coaches for UTSA. And I would say they're probably like, it's the best team. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like if we're in a meeting or if we're just talking, I know like during COVID we had like Zoom meetings and it would just be us three, like individual meetings. And um, I just feel like I can talk to them about anything. I can be 100% honest how I feel. Let's say I'm not having a good day at practice. I've definitely talked to them about it. They notice, they know you so well that they'll notice like, that's like a really good thing to have for sure. They were, they're just like, what's up? Something's different. How are you feeling? I really like that family vibe, but, but I would say they're, they're just awesome. It's an awesome group to be around. I think that's one thing when I spoke with Daniel in summer that uh, they seemed really easygoing. And, but I think at the same time they were super goal, uh, orientated you know super goal like focused and uh you don't win three what when i was telling him you don't win three conference titles uh just by out of sheer luck you, you don't you know there has to be there has to be some sort of formula and i think from from the many championships you've won as a junior and then as a playing as an am amateur uh you have to understand as a champion you have to understand that that champions have to do just something a little bit extra you have to do something a little bit extra uh the term you hear it all the time, and, and I love to hear it, is when someone says, uh, I wasn't at my best on that day. I had to grind it out. And I, I love to hear that term as as a, as a coach, as a father, you know, seeing my daughter play in any of her sports, and then as a golfer as well. I just – you have those days where it just you're not at your best and you still found a way to do it. Of course. Yes. Um and so, and so tell and so tell me in any of those championships did you have any of those uh moments where you had to just like soul search or you just had to 
reach deep down and dig and pull something out? I want to say, like, before, like, on the first day of the tournament, that's when I usually, it's like, you don't know what you're winning or you don't know anything. There was no such thing as live scoring. And, and if you're playing, you still can't even see the scoring. But um, I would say, I, I think I would really have to dig deep not knowing when you don't know the score, of course, you don't know who's in the field and how everyone's playing, especially in the beginning days. Cause then after the first day you can see, Oh, where am I at compared to other people? But I think of just having that, that imagination, like for me, it's always like, I, I play better with a chip on my shoulder. So I'm, I come in telling myself I'm behind, I got to catch up, but let's minimize the mistakes and not use it to tense up or to make myself make bigger numbers. It's to use, to use it to, to grind, to grind it out and like feel, like dig deep and really like try and go get those birdies or save a shot if I get in trouble or, yeah. Now, how was it, how was the, the transition from being in high school to where, hey, you're a top dog and you're going to all these tournaments and you're like top five, top one, top two, you know, uh, your team finishing first and you're finishing first as an individual to going to college and playing in some of those collegiate tournaments to where, hey, you know, hey, you're a you're a you're a little fish in a big sea or in a big pond. Definitely. How was that transition? It was pretty tough in the beginning. I think um, it really brought me down to earth because <laughs> you go in and you're just so used to being so unstoppable. But then you you get there and everyone is as good or better, you know, because they've had more experience, definitely. And it's definitely the experience that I feel like this builds confidence. It doesn't matter how many you've won before or how many that you almost won or how many top tens you've taken or good finishes. It's about the experience. That's where it really is at, especially in college golf. Cause I can tell you when I got there, I was really scared. Um, my first tournament was in Minnesota. Um, and it was like the week that we, that we got there. I would say we only had like a week of practice. We went straight to qualifying and I, then I, we played and it was just, it was scary to me. And then I would say as time went on, I got more comfortable and like, I, I don't think I really fully, I'm still not fully adjusted. I haven't had two semesters yet because um, of COVID, but, but I would say that I am so much more comfortable being at UTSA and playing in tournaments. Like I'm more excited to play because I know what's going to, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I have an idea and I know that like, okay, I've been here. I know that I can play with these players and I belong. So. So tell me, um, I was super bummed. I mean, like I said, I'm a proud look. I got my UTSA. I mean, I'm a, no one's going to talk crap about UTSA in front of me. It's like, I'm, I'm, from, I'm, from, I'm, from, I'm from Corpus Christi. And like anybody says anything bad about Selena, like, hey, we're throwing blows. Oh, like, 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 like no one, no one's saying, no one's saying anything bad about my Tahano princess right there. I was like, no, right. So no one's gonna talk trash about UTSA to me. Like, I don't care if they're from like Ohio State or UT, they or AM. I said, no, 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 it ain't gonna happen on my watch. You can mm -hmm. talk smack to UTSA to anybody else, it ain't gonna happen to me, right? No, I'm not gonna take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I like to hear. So, so it's like, so when I hear uh, so when I so when going to the tournament and seeing y'all play. I was so, so excited about the potential that your team had to go for the four-peat and to do some damage in regionals. Uh, I was so bummed that y'all's season, season got cut short. I know. It was actually right after, like I said, how I finally felt comfortable the second semester. Over Christmas break, before we went back, I, I was on a mission. I always say I was on a mission because I was like, that is not Cameron. That's not how Cameron plays. I didn't feel myself. So when I came back, I started, I felt awesome. Well, I mean, it showed in my tournament. I felt so confident. I think it helped actually being, being like in San Antonio, having a lot of followers, like from, from and like my family members and as well as like old friends came and saw me at that tournament play. And it was just, it was awesome. And then having our, our staff from UTSA, our whole team there, it was awesome. That really helped as well. But I'm sorry, I got off track. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, just about uh, how bummed you know I was about about the season yeah. being cut short. When you're finally like like you stated, you're getting comfortable. You're hitting your stride. Uh, you know, just Everything. how how bad did that feel? That make you feel? Oh, I, yeah, that's that's where I was getting. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're, good. Yeah, you're good. You're but, good. But yeah, so after all of that excitingness and everything being pumped up, everyone there the very next day they told us that it was over. 
So it was so confusing. I was like, wait, what? Like, I just felt like, no, this couldn't be really happening. Like, we're going to go and play next week. It's fine. We have a tournament next week. We're going to go. And it didn't happen. And so I was just really, really upset because I was like, man, I worked so hard to finally feel like myself again that I got to wait. Well, I don't know when the next time I'm going to be able to play. So it was it was pretty tough on mentally, for sure. How was how was your teammates taking it? Because I know you had some you had some really good players ahead of you, and uh, again, because you know, hey, there there was still some good some good players remaining from those champ those championship teams. How was the attitude of the rest of your team? I think we were just all in shock for sure. We were just like so confused why this was happening. We were like, we do everything right. We follow the rules. Why is this happening to us? And I think every, I can speak for everyone on the team that it was just a really confusing time. And we were just all really pretty bummed that this was even a thing. Can you be like, can you believe thinking a year ago that it was just, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what to do. So we had to stay home. So. And, and that, and that's what sucks. I was, I was super hurt for collegiate athletes like yourself. And then especially for my school, with being such a successful program within the UTSA system as uh, the fem the women's golf program has been. And, you know, I was just, I, I thought I said, Hey, you got some really good players on your team and then adding you. And like you stated, you finally feeling comfortable and hitting your stride. I was just like, man, I said, these girls are primed definitely for the four to go, to go for a four Pete and to do some damage in regional. You know, I was, I was super hurt for y'all, but tell me that day uh, at the San Antonio Country Club or those that tournament, what were some things that you were just kind of that you felt that you were getting back to yourself or getting back in the, your stride? Um, well, when you say stride, I've heard that I had like a walk. Like I just you can just tell. You have, a, you have a big it's like a big walk. You're a small girl. But man, I'm like, she's like, you're like you are. OK, stride. Yeah, you, you do kind of stride like big. I was like, dang, man. I was like, I, I mean, yes, I'm a little guy, too. And I do. I like to think I walk tall. I like to think I walk tall because I can't walk short. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to be short. I mean, I'm only five one, but I'm not going to be short. In my head, at least. That's right. That's right. I've been told, especially by my coach, uh, Coach Summer and Daniel, that when I'm not myself I, or something's wrong, I'm just not walking the same. So now I know like, okay, well, I gotta walk, I gotta try and walk the same, but they know, they just know me so well that they know when something's wrong and they know when I'm really feeling feeling myself. So I remember like Coach Summer told me that, uh, that, that I mean, I barely saw her the whole tournament, that whole um, invitational, but I saw her like on one hole and then I saw Daniel most of the time, but she knew to leave me alone because I was, she could just see that I was doing fine because she saw me walking in the other fairway and, and she told me, you're good. Like, don't even, I don't even talk to you. <laughs> well, one, one thing I like that, that, that she, that she did like, it's like I said, I'm 41 years old before we got on, uh, my podcast has progressed and I had to meet, I had to meet Summer and Daniel in their office in those little offices by Hosman. Right. Yeah. And we're in this little tiny office and I got all my equipment and crap all over the place. And they're just watching me put all this stuff together. I'm like, you know what, man, that was some freaking pressure right there. Just making sure, <laughs> every, making sure everything worked. Well, one thing Summer and Daniel told me is that whenever I guess y'all see each other or after a hole or something, you give each other the birds up or you give each other yeah. the and I love, I love seeing y'all do that. Like that was something that I was so happy to see up close and personal that, you know, after a hole or something, or when do y'all do that? Or just when y'all see each other or just after a hole or something? Well, uh, in particular, we do it after a hole. So, cause we're always playing with someone in front of us or behind us. Um, if, and I'm, it's rare that someone's not in your team's not going to be behind you. Um, it's just the way that the tournament's laid out mm -hmm. depending on where you're at. But um, that's what we do. So as soon as we hole in, hole it out, tap in, whatever long putt doesn't matter. When we pick it up out of the hole, we um, look back and we give birds up. For me, it was kind of tough. I would always forget, like to do it. So <laughs> coach would always, I would just like get it and walk off. So <laughs> how rude would that be to my team? Whoever was behind me, like left hanging. So my coach actually would remind me, like you need to give birds up. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. So. And it really does help because, like, it doesn't matter if it was a birdie or not. If you tapped in for bogey or double, they still want you to do it. And you you should feed off of that because if you're if you're really upset because you made this dumb mistake and you made it bad, you had a bad hole, um, and you walk off really upset, I totally truly believe that 
it's going to drag on. Like they say that your emotions last for three holes, which is like 30 minutes. And I totally believe that. So if you can do anything to try and shake it off or get that negativity out of your head, that this really helps by turning around and waving birds up and then you're done with it, you know, like move on. I, I like that. It, it, it's just something, it's, and you know what, it's, it's, as a coach, you always say it's the little things that make uh, big things happen. Yeah. And it's just something so simple and so little, but like you stated, it kind of just kind of refocuses you or just kind of you brush it off and it kind of resets you or gets you back or can keep you in that, those good vibes or keep you in that good mood. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm good friends with uh, Coach Palacios, with Ken Palacios. Oh, I love him. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I text him. I said, hey, I said, do you have, could you give me a good quote or even a bad quote? Give me a quote on Cameron. Um, and uh, he said, um, he said, he, he said, tell her, I, tell her. I said, hi, uh, she's a special player. She's very committed to the game of golf. There are no limits on how far she, she will go. I enjoyed watching her game grow, starting in middle school and in Incarnate Ward. Oh, that's so sweet. I miss him. I miss them, their whole family. I played yeah. with his daughter. That's right. That's right. Which one? His his older one or uh, was one. Emily. 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 There you go. Okay. Right. Because Emily and Chloe, right? I think. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, so right now we're going to go to just a little clip. I have a clip of you on a hole 14 at, at the San Antonio Country Club right here. We're going to show it. And then I want you to kind of give me the little backstory behind this hole and this putt. Backstory behind this putt. Okay. This okay. is number this is number 14 at San Antonio Country Club at the Mary B. Coth Invitation. Oh, there you go. At a girl. All right. Now, you were telling me about this. You were telling me about this putt. And then as I go back to look at the video, I, I hear, I don't know if it's me talking or I think it's another, another, uh, a, a another. Yeah, yeah, there is. There was another, there was somebody else saying something about a two stroke penalty right at the tail end. And you reminded me about that. So tell me what, what were the circumstances surrounding that putt or leading up to this putt? Okay, so I hit a good drive down the middle, and I, I don't, I wish I remembered the yardage. I want to say it was probably like maybe seventy or eighty yards, and because it was like you couldn't see the hole, it was above you, you couldn't see where it landed, anything. And uh, Daniel, our assistant coach, he was the only one I really saw during that tournament, and he he came up to me and he was like, "All right, I want you to aim this. Maybe like got a good number, wind into you, blah blah blah." We talked about it, and he's like, "I want you to aim this like maybe like two feet to the left." And I was like, all right, that sounds good. But I took dead aim. Just It's a wedge. So I didn't say it, but I took dead aim. I felt really confident. I was like, I'm going to put this really close. I'm going to make birdie. I'm going to go into the next hole of the birdie. And I hit the flag. So I was like, oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I, I remember that. We were like, whoa. Okay, so tell me, though, uh, what happened right before the putt? Oh, I walked up on the green and I I marked the ball and it was like the closest one. I thought I was the closest one because I hit the flag and I picked it up and I really didn't think of anything. But I then I kind of looked and I was going to clean it off and it said Texas State on it. And I was like, oh, this isn't my ball. So I unmarked it, put it back. And I knew that I wasn't going to have a stroke by grabbing it. But as soon as I marked it, I heard commotion behind me. I was like, what? What's going on? Like, calm down. <laughs> and um. And so then the, the that's when I the girl from Texas State I forgot her name I wish I think she was a senior at the time and she uh, was like oh I have your ball so I was just confused I was like why didn't you tell me <laughs> well, <laughs> no. see, well see I think that's what I think that's what occurred if I'm not mistaken I think she picked up your ball first oh, I think for me I think that, yeah I think that's that that's what happened. I think she picked up her ball first. And then so, and you're like, like you stated too, and even she knew you hit the pin. And so it's like, um, she probably thought I was closer to yeah, exactly. And I, and I remember that. And I remember you, you were right. There was a lot of commotion and, and I'm over here. My daughter, my daughter's over here. Like what's what data, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm we're, we're trying to explain it to her. And, and that was a freaking sweet ass putt you made there. That was yeah, a awesome ball. 
putting it, I totally saw it in the whole way. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to hit, and now I'm farther. I'm going to make this putt. Like in my head, I was like, oh, this hole definitely needs to give me this putt because <laughs> I hit the flag. I deserve to be closer and I'm not. Instead, I was like, I think that was like in maybe like a 15, 16 footer, but the other one was like eight feet. I really wanted the eight footer. <laughs> then I had like the slider to the left and that's not a putt that lefties would usually like. And that's what I had. So I, I loved making that putt. And I don't show a lot of emotion, but I threw a fist pump. I don't know if you could tell. On that yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it. And then I, I go, as, as we're watching the video, you see, I see you go up to tell Daniel something. What did you tell him? Cause you were like, I guess, I don't know if it was a, a surprise or you're like relief because of, you know, the circumstances surrounding that. Yeah. I don't know what I said. I think I, it looked like I laughed, but I think I probably joked and was like, you like that or something? Because that's how we are to each other. And he actually, I remember that he told me, I think this oh, this whole OG one right there. And then he said, <laughs> I told you to aim of, uh, to the left. And then I hit it. <laughs> Okay, so I remember. So then you went to to fifteen. Well, I, I don't know if you remember, or I don't know if it was your group or some other group, but uh, you teed off and you put one right down the center of the fairway on the the, ne the next tee. Well, as you're walking up, one of the girl, one of the other girls, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time remember if it was in your group or somebody else's group. There was one girl for Texas State, I believe, was getting uh, harassed by a bee, and. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I just got a flashback. I totally know what you're talking about. And it held the hole up. I was like, can we hit already? But it wouldn't bother her. Like, duh, it would bother me too. It kept on hitting her. Like, I was like, what's yeah. wrong with this bee? And, and my daughter, my, my, my oldest daughter was like, she's like, is that girl okay? There's something because she's over here swatting it away. And then all of y'all are like moving around. And then I think an official has the official has to go over there and like try to help y'all get the B away. And, and then that girl gets it went away and then it actually didn't go. It came back. Yeah, it came back. I think I have the video. Oh, I have the video. It's so funny because I was just like freaking out. And I said, you know what, what does everybody do? Bring the phone out to, to, to record. <laughs> and so I, I remember that and that, that was that was awesome. I, I was so happy for y'all. So happy because I, like I stated, uh, you know, being forty-one and starting this podcast, I haven't had a lot of people that have really been friendly and helpful to me. I've had a lot of a lot more people. I've had a lot more people tell me no than yes, and but that's no excuse. Like you stated, you play golf with a chip on your shoulder, and I think uh, that's a lot of that's how I've done a lot of things. In my life is just do things with a chip on a sh on my shoulder, and. Uh, I'm really trying to bring out people like like you, like yourself. I think that that so many people need to know about here in the city of San Antonio uh, for their, not only for, for their kids, but uh, you're a good person. And I think you're one of those hidden gems in this great city that I don't think gets the credit that we deserve for golf here in, here in San Antonio. With that being, with, oh, no problem. With that being stated, what's your favorite course here in town? Oh. Oh, I spent a lot of time at TBC. That's our home course for Incarnate Work. Yeah. Incarnate Work. Well, hey, you were talking about the high school. You were even at the high I school, right? Of course. Um, well, okay. Well, tell me. Tell me. Uh, outside of TPC, which I do know that's y'all. That's where y'all practice, and y'all pretty much you know go for a lot of your rounds. What course uh, would you say is maybe sentimental to you? And I know you, if you want to say the Republic, you're, you're more than welcome to. But what's a course that that might be uh, you know special to you here in town? Oh, it's, oh my gosh, it's Brack. Every time I pass by it, I'm like, wow, so many memories were made there. So many memories were made down the street at, at Republic, um, what was it, Republic? Yeah, the, yeah, the Republic Golf Course there. Uh, the Republic is on, uh, or it used to be off of military there on the south side, uh, right mm -hmm. as you come in, right as you come into San Antonio. And Brack is located pretty much in the heart of the city. It's downtown. It's right by the zoo. Uh, it's right by the little railroad, the little kitty uh, railroad tracks, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But I, yes, I would definitely say, I mean, even though I learned to play golf at Republic, so it was sad to see it go away. Brack is where I like had like the eye opening rounds where I was like, I didn't even know what I was shooting. And I had sh shot my best scores there, like as a junior. And that was like huge for me. So I was like, oh, wow. Like there's a lot of good players in these little tournaments, like all of my little, um, my growing up golf friends, you know? And I also, it was just, Oh my gosh, I just love Brack because I can I can play the whole course in my head and hit every shot the way I want to in my head. But when you get out there, it's 
it seems so like, oh, it's just back because it's small and it's short and everything. But you have to hit the shots. And I did as a junior. So and as a in the women's amateurs as well. So yeah, I just love that course. Is that where they always played the uh, the city championships there? The ones that I've been in, yes. Before mm -hmm. I heard that they played in other ones, like other city um, city courses. And um, but I have only played the ones at Brack. I love Brack. Brack's a, uh, it's not very long, but no. it, you have to be precise with your shots and you have to really, uh, for me, I mean, being a hack golfer, I have to, I really have to think like a couple shots ahead because as to, you know, where you want to land or for the next shot, or you want to avoid the many bunkers that they have here, but, uh, it is the oldest, uh, public golf course in the, in the state. It's one of the oldest in the nation and it's, it, it does, it has a lot of charm. It has a lot of freaking charm. It does. It's so sentimental to me. Cause I'll want to take my kids there and I'll have my, I have my name on the wall there. Cause all the winners get to put their names mm -hmm. there. My dad's, um, I think he, oh, he used to be a member of Baga Pan American. Yeah. Um, so it's like that bar when you drive in. Yeah. So, I, I always say the 19th hole. That's not what it's called, but we always <laughs> say it's the 19th hole. That's what we always call it. Any near bar of a golf course. <laughs> it's the 19th hole. That's right. That's true. That's really true. I mean, he has his name there as well because he was a member of a Pan American. And so, yeah. Um, so we all have our name there. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty sweet. Now, growing up in the game of golf, was there any female golfers that you looked up to? Um, well, honestly, like well, I, I started pretty late. I feel like a lot of junior, a lot of college golfers, I feel like they started when they were younger. I started really trying to play golf in like seventh grade. So sixth and fifth grade, it was like, oh, this is fun. But I also played other sports at the same time. But like seventh grade, I, I was like, okay, well, I need to start getting ready to play high school golf. And then that's when I realized, oh, I'm going to play college golf. But I would say the closest ones or the the competitors that I had was like my teammate, Sahara Washington. She was, she's what, I want to say, like she's what got me really good. Because practicing with someone all the time that and playing against them that has the same drive that you do or even more like, cause I did, I was just getting in, getting into it. Um, it was huge for me. I just, and I wanted to beat her like every day. We wanted to yeah. beat other. Like we're just such great friends. So she yeah. not what oh, I do, but. Oh, of course, but you know, I, I guess it's as a term you always say it's iron sharpens iron, you know, yes, and, 100%. We would grind every day, like, and try to beat each other so bad. And then afterwards it was just like, Oh, we're best friends. So it was the perfect duo. Like we just grind and then go. Yeah. I, I would say so because y'all had a lot of success at high school. And then obviously you're doing great things at UTSA and she's doing great in Hawaii. And so uh, I think that was a formula for success that worked out pretty well. Uh, it's awesome. I think we're friends for life for sure. Um, she's she's just awesome. I love her. <laughs> now, now, do you have anything that's your uh, maybe? Is there one moment out of uh, your young golf career that stands out the most? Whether it's uh, a memory or a shot or overcoming something, do you have something that maybe stands out the most? Hmm. Well, I think it's everything built together. But I would say like. Yeah, the the times that that I would go and like be struggling with my swing or I just hated how I was hitting a ball or anything that I was struggling in golf but feeling like I would stay out there until it's dark it's only like five minutes away from my house but I'd be out there until like it was dark and past it was dark my dad would bring a light for me and we would grind and then going home and not feeling that it's like then not feeling that weight on my shoulders of have to go back tomorrow and try to figure it out. It would just felt those times were the best times because my dad always tells me that to in order to be really good and surpass any little any bumps that you're trying to fix in your golf game, whether that's putting or anything, that you have to the best time to work on it is when you're really tired. And so those times I would be like, I'm just so done. I'm this is really tough, like this move in my swing or this chip or whatever but we would stay out there and we'd grind and that feeling is awesome when you finally get it and you get to go home and we're just talking about it the whole way home and the whole night. Like can you believe I was just stressing out about this and now I'm good. Now it's, those are the best memories to me and me and him figuring it out for sure. And I think that's what, especially with COVID uh, golf is like booming right now. The sport is just at a crazy, it's, it's growing at a crazy pace. You go to San Pedro, you go to the, the first tee, uh, the ranges, it, like, it's just, they're it's full. packed. Yeah, they're full. Yeah, they're full. And even when I went into Ben's shop uh, two days ago, 
And I love to go to Ben's shop over there by the first tee, right off on Mulberry Street. Mm-hmm. That um, I love to go in there because I'm like a kid in a candy store. I love to look at all the clubs. I love to hear whatever, whatever jokes, whatever jokes he's, he's you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, just love to hear the chatter. You know, just, just I love being around all that stuff. And so, um, that's one thing that th- those memories are like that. That's that's what I love, and I think that's what people love about the sport is just kind of getting in those those moments to where you kind of lose yourself. I always, I always compare I compare some of the best athletes in the world to musicians. Like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers is like my favorite band, and oh, I got awesome. I got, uh, they're awesome and they rock. And I got to see them live, and I love to to watch them perform because they kind of get lost in they get lost in their music. And well, that's one thing I really loved about watching you play and watching the girls on your team play is like, I love watching y'all because it's like, y'all get lost in, in your, in your game. Yeah. You get lost in your game. And when I say lost in the game, it's just like, it just, it it totally, yeah. It totally basically take you over. I totally, I'm sorry. I interrupted, but that's all right. Uh, I just, I love watching that because it's like I say, it's like a musician and you see them create some of their, their best work when they're lost in that, like that perfect moment. And so that that's what I love about the game. And I think that's what a lot of people in this COVID time are really learning that that it's such a beautiful game. Oh, definitely. It's hard. A lot of people are realizing how hard it is. <laughs> they give you so much more prop for, for being good at it. And you're like, they're just, it's so much more respect that you get now because people are realizing how much it, how hard it is and how much time and effort it takes to perfect your craft. It it does, and and it's great. It's great to see, and, and I noticed that Ben shop. Like I said, hey dude, what's what's up with all the clubs, man? I was like, do you barely have any any drivers for sale there? He said, I'm selling used clubs at like a crazy rate. Now we both know Ben Ben character. Uh, so tell me, tell me, he's you told you told me yesterday he's the only one you would allow to work on your clubs. Oh, and, exactly. and tell me, I need a Ben story. You got to give me a Ben story. Oh, oh um. I would say, what is it? So I was trying to look for a good um, shaft this recently. I think it was a couple of months ago. My driver, I wasn't getting everything I possibly could out of it. I knew that I was missing distance. And I, he gave me like 10 shafts. And I was like, oh my God, where do I even start with this <laughs> with this bundle of shafts? And I um, honestly, he was like, he was like, I really think this one's going to be the winner. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't really know how to, where to start. So I just grabbed that one and I didn't even, I rarely tried the other ones. I think I hit like one or two of them, but I was like glued to this one shaft. And um, now I, I came in a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, I've been looking at this other shaft. Like it's like a rainbow, like iridescent cool shaft. And he's like, I already gave you the other one. Now you're looking for another shaft. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that that's a perfect story. I'm glad you you said, because uh, I remember I told you yesterday, I was like, I got a funny story for you. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, Ben's my guy too. And he's the only one that, he's the only one that I really let look at my clubs, you know, either. So um, I go there, right? I, I just bought uh, an Epic. I, I had bought a, a Maverick head. I bought a Maverick head and I needed a good shaft for it. Well, I go into the shop and I'm, I'm telling him about it. And he says, hey, uh, are you going to, hit here are you gonna hit it uh, at my mat or are you gonna hit it at the range i said yeah i'll just be right here i'm on my lunch break he goes okay because in an hour he said uh cameron you know cameron from utsa uh gathright's girl one of his students and i was like yes i know her i i, I mean i'm just like yeah i know her he goes because she's gonna use these shafts so you can't you need to he's oh. like yeah you need them you need to bring them back here you can't leave with them right and i said Oh, okay, yeah. So he gives me like five shafts, right? He goes, he goes, you know what? She probably hits further than you. So you know what? These shafts are probably perfect for you. And I said, okay, great. I was like, oh, no doubt. And I say, she's a, she's a D1. She's a D1 athlete. I mean, come on, man. You know? That's so funny. And so he gives me these shafts, right? And uh, he gives me these shafts. And so I'm leaving the shop with these shafts in my hand, right? I, he gives me five. He gives me five of them. 
Well, the first thing I do is as I walk outside, I kind of trip and I drop all the shafts right on the sidewalk, <laughs> right? And I'm just like this, oh crap, okay, nobody saw. I looked in his window to see if him or Alex saw me, right? Okay, I pick him up, I go hit him. I said, damn, you know, these, these, are, these are solid, right? These are solid. Well, I, I like, I have my eye on these two and he tells me, you know, whichever one she doesn't take, I'm gonna sell, right? Okay. And so I give him back to her. He goes, give me about a week or two and I'll let you know which one she doesn't take. And so I go back in there and he goes, did you like him? And I, like his face, you know, his little, did you like him? He's excited. Yeah, excited, right? And so I'm like, uh, yeah, I said, I didn't like all of them. I said, but these are the ones I liked. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, like I said, uh, you know, I, I, he, I guess he put the grip, you know, fitted for a left-hander, but he put the grips on there. And so he's like, whichever one she doesn't take, I'll let you know, and, you know, and those will be for sale. And I said, okay. He said, but I'm just giving you a heads up. These shafts run from anywhere between 300 and 350. And I'm like this. And he gave you five and he, oh, and then he gives you like a bunch of them. And you're like, oh my God, those have been in my car for a couple of days now. They're still no, there. no, but for you, but for you, but I'm like, I had dropped all of those. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. Oh. I'm like this, I'm like this, oh crap. I was like, I wish you would have told me how much those damn things are worth. And I would have been more cautious with them, you know? That is so funny. You're like, how much money did I do? I know. I was like, I was like hey, man, I'll see you later. I'm out of here. You know, I'm like. If I broke one, that would have been so bad. And, and so I was just like, I was like, man, perfect. I said, you know what? I'm glad you say that because I totally forgot. I was like, that is exactly what I was going to tell you. That's All right. Now tell me, uh, favorite golf movie? Oh, the greatest game ever played was Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What do you like about that movie? It's so like, uh, it just feels like you can relate to him. So, I mean, he's, uh, he won these like majors or, or whatever tournaments he won in the, in the movie, but I just feel like you can relate to him. He's just so young. He doesn't belong there. And you can just put yourself in his or try to put yourself in his shoes. Like you're not expected and people don't like you. And he has a chip on his, he has a chip on his shoulder. Like I was, I love it. I love it. And so I guess, would you say as being a collegiate golfer and being in the many tournaments you've been a part of, and would you say, I guess, uh, how the process he has or how the, the director shoots the movie, how he breaks down his shot process, is that kind of something that that's similar? I guess things kind of get quiet. You get super sharp and super focused uh, before a shot. Well, like, you know how you said when you get lost in your game, I feel like I you're just unstoppable. You're kind of in a trance, and that's the way he kind of is in the movie. But I would say when you're when I'm playing my best rounds, I, that's how you feel. Pretty, I mean, it's pretty close. Like, of course, they're not like – you're not looking down the fairway, and my dad's not disappearing. With the <laughs> yeah. But, but you just feel like – like um like you're alone and you're just lost in your process and like everything you have to do everything you're in control of um you're doing and you're doing it without thinking about it like when i'm reading a putt and i and i know it it's going to go when you have you know how you just have a feeling like oh i'm going to make this that's basically how it feels it's just like okay if i hit this one spot it's going in that's it you know it's just it's so it's so relatable i love it all right now um also, I saw Alex, he posts all the, the putters that come through his shop. They're really nice putters. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to put uh, the picture of your putter up. Okay. Now, right there, there's a picture of your putter. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to make sure that I want you to see this. And I was like, man, you know what? This is such a, this is such a small world here. <gasps> Do you have the same putter as me? It, it's very similar. It's an Edel. It's very similar. I just, I I just, just my front, just my front is just a little different, right? Okay. But, but it's got that same, uh, the same type. Uh, there you go. You know, so that's I'm telling awesome. you, I, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? I was like this. I saw his putter and I was like, hey, that's, and that's only a few of them because people don't. They're all um, made to what you want. You know. Exactly. It's it's only in Texas, and and I met the guy. I met I met Edel because uh, they're at a Liberty at a Liberty Hill. And okay. I, I met him at the Dell uh, when I was covering the Dell match play championship in Austin and a okay. uh, super good guy. Cause I played with some guy in Vegas and I had to go all the way to Vegas to meet somebody who played with a Texas putter, you know? Yeah. And, and so uh, he had it. I liked it. Uh, it's an awesome putter. And I also saw your putter cover and I'm like, look. Twins. <laughs> okay. Now tell me, uh, isn't there something, uh, regards to how you get one of these yes and took me forever my freshman year or last year and the first i think i got it my first semester i 
Yeah, I definitely did. So on TrackMan, you know, the where you can see all your, your numbers and everything, um, we have the, a wedge combine, and you have to make, like, a score of, like, I want to say it was like 75 or better. And I think I, on that day, it took me multiple tries and you don't, you can't just try every day until you get it. It's like whenever they decide like, Oh, here's your chance. So I finally got it. I think I scored like a really like an 87. Like that was, that's like really good. And like that, that day, all of my wedges, it told me to hit a shot. Um, 85 yards. I was like 85.6 or it was just an awesome day. I was like, I have like these are magic ones, my my wedges. I felt unstoppable with my wedges, but I finally got it. And I think I texted Coach um, Summer to because she didn't have it with her. She had to go to the office and get it. I texted her like three days in a row. I was like, "Can you bring my putter to practice?" <laughs> <laughs> or like, "Can you bring it to practice today?" And she brought it like during one of our rounds. She was like, "Here's your stupid putter cover." <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, see, uh, she she gave she gave me some merch when I was there. She gave me a hat, awesome. and and you know what? I'm I'm gonna tell you this. It's just uh, I'm not an Adidas guy. I'm not. I, oh I'm, my god! I'm not. I'm not. Let me see if I can show you. I have nothing but Nike Jordan golf shoes, right? Like nothing but. Oh, no. yeah. uh, th thank you. You know, because I always tell my kids as a coach, "Hey, look good, feel good, play good." And if you didn't play good, hey, at least you look good. At right? least you look good, and you, look, you might not have felt good playing <laughs> that round, but you look good. So damn, I said you look like you, you look like you went two under, you know. <laughs> you played the part for sure. That's right. See, and and sometimes you know it's it's acting out there. Sometimes it's acting. It is, and then you honestly, it kind of tricks yourself into saying like, "All right, I'm big, I'm good," and just kind of tricks your mind, like like look good, feel good, play good. <laughs> There you go. Well, I live by that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. You know what? I'm sure you do. I, I have to try. I have to try and really hard. Well, so I'm there uh, and, you know, we're wrapping everything up there in the office at UTSA. And um, she gives me an Adidas hat. And I'm like this uh, Adidas, you know, UTSA hat. And I'm like, this, uh, in my mind, oh, I'm going to give it to my daughter, you know. <laughs> and then she gives me, um, I guess, a navy blue driver cover. And then I see a box with these in there, right? With these in there. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I said, thank you for these gifts, but you know, and I'm being like real Mexicano right now. I'm like, uh, can I, can I, can I have that? I was like, can I trade you these for that? And she goes, well, uh, she was, you should have seen her. She was like this, well, we only give these to, and you know, and she was telling me why. And, and she was just very, Oh, okay, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she was very, very apprehensive on giving it to me, and I, I don't take it out because, again, hey, you know what? Y'all are spoiled. Y'all, y'all are spoiled. There, you just say you got some nice stuff. You got some nice merch, and um, I, I was like, I can't take this thing out. It's gonna get dirty, you know. So I barely took it out. Too. I remember. So last year you had to fight for that that putter cover, and this year they gave it to us. And I was like, I should have just waited for this year. <laughs> yeah, right. I know it's a shoot, but you have to admit it feels a lot better being earned. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Okay, uh, we're 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 about to wrap up here, and so one of the last things is, uh, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you on the golf course or during a round? The craziest thing oh, that you've wow. seen. I've seen, well, there's funny. I didn't see it. I was playing golf um, at Silverhorn. It was during high school. I'm sure I have a better story that that was more soon, but this is actually the first thing that came to mind. So I was playing golf and it was getting dark. And of course it got dark early that day or something. Maybe like how it is now, like it's 6.30, it gets dark. And um, I played this par three on the front nine and there's water on the left. I it's number seven. Is it? That, how can I forget my? I, I know, I know what you're about to. I know what you're about to talk talk about. That's yeah. why I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I played like a far tee box that wanted to work on my longer irons and hybrid, and so I hit a hybrid, and I thought I went over because I couldn't find it anywhere. I was looking and looking, and then my friend, he played for Antonian, he that I was playing with. He was like, it's in the hole. He was, come here. And I was like, you're lying to me because I'm not going to go up there and get my hopes up and it's not going to be in there. And it was in there. So my hole in one I never got to see. But it was in the hole and it was my ball. And I was like, well, it felt like a re really good shot. So it definitely was my hole in one. That's a, that's a tough hole, number seven at number seven at Silverhorn, especially as it's getting dark there. I saw the picture and I said, you know what? Maybe I should – Keep, keep this picture so I can post it during the podcast. And I was like, no. Nah. And you 
funny how you talk about that. And I was like, cause I saw that picture. It was, I mean, the sun was already, it was yeah, down. It was background, but it was dark. Yeah. It was dark, it was down. And uh, that's a tough hole because it's an elevated green. Uh, there's water to the left. There's bunker on the right, bunker on the left. Over uh, you're dead. It's like yeah. a uphill chip that you can't even see the green. It was. <laughs> it was that's awesome. That, that, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great, uh, great shot. Great memory. Um, now, the last thing I'm going to ask you is just, I always ask my guests just like a little something controversial in the game. I call it beyond the stakes. Okay. Now tell me, what is something that uh, another player in your force or in your group can do that can just really annoy you or piss you off during your round? Um, What's something that they maybe might say or because, oh. you know, sometimes I don't like, like I don't, I hate to hear when, when I hit a shot or somebody will tell me, oh, it opens up down there or, uh, oh, good shot. And you, you know, in your mind, no, nah, it wasn't a good shot. Uh, no, I totally know what you mean though. Especially if people are playing with me and they know that I don't like that shot or maybe they're just being positive. And so I'm just like, I just let it go. It doesn't bother me very much if they're like, if they try, if they give me hope and they're like, oh, it opens up down there. I'm thinking, thinking okay, I hope so. because I want to find my ball. But I would say it's just like, if they're having a bad round and they're not playing good and they're and I say good shot or something or it just if they just I mean you have to be mentally strong so if you're if you're gonna you can't let it bother you but if they're gonna like be rude to you if they're gonna like really like outright say something to you that you know it's just because they hit a bad shot or just because they are not having a good round that really bothers me I mean I can't let it bother me because I'm trying to play a good round too but I would personally never like tell someone or give someone like a comment just because I'm playing bad, you know? So if that, that really does bother me. That's just like, you know, pull it together. It's not my fault that you didn't hit a good shot or, you know? Yeah. So, I, I got you. So yeah. All right. I a couple times and I don't say anything <laughs> or maybe I'll just be like, you know, you can chill. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So uh, do you have any questions for me by chance? Um, how's your daughter? Is she into golf? Uh, she she does she's she plays she she's kind of like you she okay. likes golf and she likes softball how old is she again she is 12 years old oh it's not even late she could start no 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 it and, and it's nice uh she i think i i think to be a golfer and to be a good golfer you have to have that you have to be mentally tough right and i think she she's very very tough and i think she's She's cerebral as well because she's a thinker. And you know, in the game of golf, like I like, I like watching taking her to the golf course because you see her like look at the shots. And then mm -hmm. at sometimes, and then it but then it pisses you off when she doesn't look at the shots or doesn't yeah, think she's like not even caring. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like this, you know, and I'm and I'm a tough and I'm a tough coach. I'm a real tough coach. Uh I like to I, I'm a real tough coach. And um it's she, I really enjoy taking her out there and as when she was younger, because uh, I have two daughters, I have she's twelve and I have an eight year old, oh. and and um, the biggest thing for me was, or for my wife was, hey, you want to get out the house? You want to go hit golf balls? Here, take your child with you. <laughs> and then and then for her to get her to go, she'd be like, uh, oh, I'm so looking forward to the golf course because that means that I'm gonna get a snack and a drink. A you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's always say, hey, dad, a snack and a drink? And I'll say, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so and so, uh, luckily enough, the range by my house, it, it was the old Alamo Golf Club. I don't know if you've ever, if you had ever played here. A couple times. I did drive, trip and putt there when I was young. And so I live pretty much, not gonna say down the street, but it's, it's real close by. And when they closed that, my game dropped like tremendously when they closed the range and course, because mm -hmm. I was practicing there. Every a day. Good, yeah, a good majority, a good majority of the time. And especially, you know, being a coach in the summers, uh, it was a lot easier for me. And then now Mac Wiley recently took it over. And so he's slowly building it back up. Uh, before it was only mats. Now it's mats and grass. Oh, cool. And so the short, the short game area is growing in. And I met Mac, the, I met Mac the other day, awesome guy in the game of golf and uh, really kind of sees my point of view of what I'm trying to do. I'm just, I'm really, I'm, and again, I want to thank you today. I thank you. Thank you so much. And I think, uh, people are going to know a lot about you and about the UTSA women's golf program. And I think just a, enough light isn't shed on your program and somebody like you, because I think you're a gem in this game. I know you're going to do some great things. I'm super excited and super pumped up to see what you're going to do this year. Uh, I know you'll have so much potential and uh, man, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so thankful. Thank you so much again.
Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is honestly so fun. Like, I love this type of stuff. I love talking about golf, even if it's not even about me, because I know this isn't having me as a guest. But I just, and I want people to know that I'm like a people person. I don't, I try to be really engaged with everyone else, because usually, like, if you're on the golf course, it's all about you, and you're just kind of in your own zone. But if people talk to me on the range, I engage. I love talking to little kids and just, just, trying to inspire people. It's my, it's my thing. I love getting people interested in something new. I love helping people out. I just, and I don't, I don't even have to try to be a people person. I just talk about it for days. So. Well, 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 I'm going to tell you, you don't have to try to inspire people because you're already doing it. And again, thank, thank you for what you're doing for my alma mater, UTSA, and for what you do, uh, for what you're doing for the city of San Antonio for the game of golf. Thank you so much. All right. If you wouldn't mind just staying on real quick, just to, I'm going to close it out. All okay. right. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in. If you want to reach me, you can hit me up on Instagram, on Facebook, Nothing Is OB. Um, I have a Facebook group on Nothing Is OB South Texas Golf. Uh, or uh, you can hit, find me on my website, www.nothingobgolf.com. Remember, in the game of life, nothing is OB. <laughs>